Right, here we go. <laughs> All right, take two. Take two of the third episode of The Adventures of Magical Negro and... Yellow Peril. Um, I'm sick this week, and uh, we just talked for like 20 minutes without it actually recording, <laughs> because my ability to press the button failed. <laughs> So, yes. So things. <laughs> don't don't ever claim Asian people are good with technology. Okay, <laughs> I've just disproved that shit right there. <laughs> okay, so... Um, I, I guess I'll do a short recap. Let's do... Well, first of all, Yellow Peril is sick. I am no longer on pain pills, so I'm not slurry and fog-headed, which is great. Um... And now, short recap of what we talked about. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, geek shit this week. Uh, I, I rewatched Voyager, or I watched Voyager. I skipped through a bunch. It's on Netflix. It was very hard to watch. I still think we should force you to watch the episode where Janeway and Tom Paris turn into lizard people and mate. If for no other reason than it's like a glimpse into the fact that they're like, People of color and women in the lead, we will just give them shit writers. We do not care about this series. It's, well, no, I can't say that because what's that fifth one with Scott Bakula? Oh, oh, I know what you're talking about, the that, Enterprise. Ooh, See, that, that, that's the one I just refused ooh, to watch. That, that had mostly white people in the, I mean, it had, it actually did have a good number of people of color. But that, oh, there were episodes of yeah, that yeah, series. That, that's the series that, like, no one has anything good to say. How can you? At the point, and this is, I'm going to name check Tempest, because Tempest will always say this, that this is her issue with the Enterprise. There's a specific episode where they interact with some society and fuck shit up. And, like, one person's like, oh, no, I, we did this, what can we do? And the captain's like, well, you know, we don't know how to interact with these species yet. One day, maybe there'll be a directive, a prime directive. <laughs> Okay, so, like, right now, y'all can't hear the facial expression on my face, but, oh, really? Really? Uh, and then they tried to do stuff with gender, and I was just like, stop, 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 stop! The planet with the third gender that are kept as slaves, and then one of them asks for, like, sanctuary on the ship, because they've had freedom explained to them, and the captain chews out the guy who explained sanctuary to this person... They don't give the person sanctuary, and they commit suicide at the end of the episode. I'm what? like, are you fucking kidding me, Star Trek? What? 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 Ugh. Like, I don't know how you, how a series, the original series in the 60s, is more progressive than the one that came out in the 2000s. I really don't. Wow, that's, that's, that's really horrific. Oof, sorry, um, I didn't know all that was going to come out, but no, Enterprise... No, no, it's okay, it's okay. Um, to to, to kind of point on a different tack of... There's a short anime series, uh, they're extending it, but it's a manga series too, Knights of Sidonia. Yes, um, you've told me about this, I'm excited. And, you know, it's it's people in a space arc trying to get away and fighting aliens, but the thing tying into third gender is they do have a character who is intersex, and what's really interesting is that they're basically like, yeah, um, because we lost so many people on the ship at one point, mm -hmm. we basically just gene modded, so we now have an intersex group that can basically be one or the other if we need to survive as a species. Mm. And my body either will choose on its own, or I'll make a choice. And I was like, that's interesting. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, there's a, I felt like there might be a level of problematicness where it's like, we engineered them for breeding. But, when they can make their own choices, that 
Well, it's also, it's also, like, the, the show is very clear that there's a lot of shit that's problematic about Okay. It. Like, they've had to survive. Like, they made, um, there's, like, 12 sisters who are all clones that they made. Oh, because shit. they're like, we need more people who can do this. Like, like, and, and it's sort of, like, there's some problematic, but also, like, they're not saying, like, oh, this is good. They're just like, this we're is kind of we in get. a bad situation. This is what we're doing. And they generally do an okay job of giving people some consent and ability about their shit. And right? you know what? I can Compared to every other sci-fi, not every other, but most other sci-fi shows that don't acknowledge when they're being problematic at all, I'll take it. Yeah. I'm like, um, oh, you know that this is fucked up? Thank you. The big spoiler is deep in the series, and this is part of the reason I'm loving it, despite there being, like, you know, it's anime, so there's Mm. some harem elements. Yeah. But it's basically, like, the dude ends up, he ends up with the alien that is a giant mecha-sized thing, and he's just cuddling its tentacle. So, 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 like, here's all these conventionally anime-attractive characters, but, but he's just going to cuddle the tentacle of the thing, and that's pretty much the one he's in love with. I... So, so there's a little bit of, you know, tweaking of the tropes. I love, you know, I yeah. love me some interspecies love in space. Um, especially when they're not like, oh, we're just like humans, we can mate. When they're like, oh, uh, we need to figure some shit out, because we are not Yeah, they haven't gotten into what that looks like. Well, I mean, they probably never will, but it's... Yeah. I appreciate that they're, like, going there. They're like, listen, this is not an alien who looks just like a human except for a forehead ridge. This is... No, that thing... I mean, the weird thing is it apparently can morph its tentacle to look like people, but the dude got freaked out about by it because he said, no, don't do that. Mm. Just look like you. See? Which is also kind of dope, right? Kind of awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Well, we also recapped that you are going to start watching DS9 soon, and I'm going to start rewatching it from the beginning to end, probably. And that DS9 is so much better than Voyager. Mm. Um, and what, like, stars and... I don't even know how many levels fucking above Enterprise. Um, but the fact that you have a captain of color who loves his family, who actually has, like, cultural history. And and this was... And he gets into religion, which actually... Yeah. I do have to say, though, watching Voyager... Like, because I don't really watch a lot. I'm not really a Star Trek person. Yeah. Well, like, watching it, I was just like, there was a couple episodes I was like, you can pretty much slam any fucking whack-ass, new-age religious bullshit you want in if you just claim it's tech. There was an episode where they fixed Chakotay with a Borg prayer circle. And I was like, are you serious? We are going to hold hands, and we are going to think positive thoughts at you, and it will create energy that can... Sometimes physically heal you. Oh and God. I was like, I love it. are you, like, if you just told me you were going to slam him full of nanotech. We could have been good. <laughs> right, but you told me you are going to send positive energy to him. And I'm like. Oh my goodness. Right. Now now I want someone to do a short film where the Borg are the hippies of space. Um, they heal people with prayer circles before they assimilate them. Well, well this, was, this was a whole bunch of Borg who escaped. Of course it was. But at the same point, they said, yeah, well, it's a Borg technology we can use where we send mental energy waves. And I was like, okay, Star Trek, I know you're going to fucking hand wave a whole bunch of shit, but Uh, can we just not go here? Like, I will say that that sort of reminds me of um, one of my favorite sci-fi genres that no one really writes anymore, which is Psychic Space Wars. Oh, Which, remember we had so many of them, like in the eighties. <laughs> but but that's fine because you've told me you've told me this is clearly psychic, right? Yes. Like like up front. Like I mean, that's why I can go with a lot of bullshit in Star Wars. Yeah, I mean that's actually the thing. It's like I feel if you're going to take this is magic or this is science track about something, just stick with it because it's like 
You're spaced out. It's okay. But now it's the mitochondrion. No, don't do that. <laughs> Stay the- in your lane. Like, okay, so I feel like for a whole generation of us, when we got to the mitochondrions, um, our first uh, reaction was um, the Madden Lingle book. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, now I can't remember. In- I can't remember the first thing, but I can remember the sequels, which are like a wind in the door and a swiftly t- t- tilting <laughs> planet. But, um... I just, my Dechlorians, I was like, isn't that what was killing Charles in that book by Madeline Lingle? Was Charles the Jedi? Is that what's happening? Um, which, ooh, another crossover someone should write. Well, I mean, you know, like, I feel if you want to do weird psychic powers but tie it into biology, like, um, did you ever play Parasite Eve? Which actually is yes. a game. We might as well segue here because I totally forgot about Parasite Eve. Oh my god. Can I say that until you mentioned that name, I forgot that in high school, me and my friend Lou would spend hours playing Parasite Eve together. We would go to each other's house, and, like, one of us would play, because we both, like, hours playing Parasite Eve. So, so just for the audience, <laughs> our planned episode is women in video games. Yes. So, here we go. Um, so, Parasite Eve, you get crazy psychic powers from your biology and mitochondria, yeah. and, and they're weird, become sentient parasites, and... But, you know, it, it explained to you, this is going to be bio-horror, yeah. psychic stuff, right? Um, uh, the game that, unfortunately, doesn't have, well, maybe fortunately, because it's so dystopian, <laughs> um, have women in it, is Galarians. That's the other one that did, like, good psychic oh, okay. body horror. But you see, it's, it's fascinating to me that I liked Parasite Eve, because, you know, I'm not usually into horror games. Mm-hmm. I don't like the Resident Evil, I don't like the Silent Hill, I'm too easily freaked out. But, but it doesn't do jump cuts. It, you know, doesn't. it doesn't do jump scares. It's, um, it's, re- I mean, although a lot of the things are horrifying when you think about, like, if you read the descriptions of what the powers do, oh my god. <laughs> like, that shit was fucked up, but it was also because they couldn't, like, animate, like, oh, now the body's yeah. all explodey and gross and, like. It was at that perfect point of, like, really good animation, but you can't actually fucking be as disturbing as you want with this level of animation. Oh, the flip side, though, that comes from around that era. And I forgot about this game, too. It is similar in that it's, like, a turn-based RPG mm-hmm. um, that deals with war and has a woman in it. It's called Delka. I don't know this one. Okay, so cool Delka. I remember this because my best friend Les had it, and he's like, oh, I got this game, and he sits down to play it, and I'm watching him. So it's 1800s. Mm-hmm. Um, cool Delka is, I think she's, like, a witch from Eastern Europe or something. Right? Okay. Like, the, you end up going to this abandoned abbey, which apparently used to be a mental asylum, you know, cursed and whatever. You go in there, and you and, like, two other people, you know, you meet up with end up, like, going through here and dealing with monsters, right? Mm -hmm. So the first monster we see is this horrid baby thing that's maybe about the size of a bear, and it, like, like spews, of course, gross stuff at you. Yeah. But the the most terrifying thing about the baby is every time you hit it, it, like, giggles like a baby. (gasps) Like, and you're just like, no, that's not right. No, no, no. But no, the worst no. thing was, and again, we're talking in the first ten minutes of fighting monsters. <laughs> this thing comes out that's basically, like, this mutilated body of a woman, right? Mm-mm. It's missing its feet. It's got, like, like someone rammed rods in there. It can use its stilts. And the upper half is gone, so it's just, like, a rib cage. No. And it's, like, sitting there kind of prancing around, and then it spews its intestines at you. Nope. And I was just nope. like, I was like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Fuck, unless it's like, what just happened? I was like, that's its intestines. No, because the graphics weren't so hot that so right. you had to kind of squint. You're like, oh, oh, what are you guys doing? Like, oh my god. So, 
for some reason, this reminds me, and I can't remember the name of the game. It's going to drive me crazy. I, my head wants to say it's like something like Kagero Millennium. I think I still oh, have it. Oh, I... Th- this sounds vaguely I familiar. think I still have it at home for my PS, too. But it's basically a game where you, as... Uh, you play this woman. Mm-hmm. Um, it's obviously a dystopian world where some sort of blue people... I can't remember if it's fantasy or tech. I think it's tech. Mm-hmm. Some sort of blue people have, like, kidnapped you and indoctrinated you into their belief that humans are less than, even okay. though you're human. Okay. And then they set you out as bait to kill the human rebels. And so the entire game is happening in this, like... Oh, I don't know the entire game, because I you didn't... only fi- played so far. I only played so far. But a bunch of the game happens in this house where rebels are coming because you've lured them there or whatever, and you set up traps in each room, like spikes or falling oh, things, okay. like, to kill them all. And, like, they're ch- it's ridiculous and amazing, and I'm pretty sure that as you progress in the game, like, you slowly become decolonized, because you're like, oh, I've been fucked over by these people who, like, kidnapped me and changed my mind. Like, maybe I should not be killing the people who are fighting for equality. Um, I guess kind of going over to another game that has that in an interesting way. Um, so, Portal. Um, Portal, so, obviously everyone loves Portal. Portal's a great game. But Portal's really interesting in terms of these games with women. Mm-hmm. Because you only see yourself through portals. You never speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, the main, uh, the, the antagonist is also female. Mm. Um, so this is kind of interesting. What, um, what I think is also annoying, though, is the fact that since you don't speak, you don't really get personality. Which, you know, okay, it's a puzzle game, but the fact is you guys went through all this effort to give us an antagonist with a lot of personality. Yeah. And so... Um, it was this way in which I wondered, like, how much decisions were made to say, okay, this is the only way we could sell a female protagonist to male players, right? Like, right. to say, okay, well, it just, um, we're just going to be like, you don't see him, you don't hear her, and then the second game, what I found really problematic is then the writing changed, um, because then, uh, GLaDOS, the, the AI, mm-hmm. There's a lot of sort of fat jokes made and appearance jokes made, which didn't happen and don't make sense, right? Not cute. Yeah, because it's sort of like the emotional manipulativeness you get in the first game that's funny because it's so so clearly passive-aggressive and Mm -hmm. bullshit becomes, like, really cheap in the second game. Okay. Um, But the flip side, which is interesting, and also um, a twist of it is GLaDOS. You find her backstory. Uh, because she basically, you know, the whole premise of Portal is you're trapped in this research facility in the far future um, that is experimenting on humans run by this AI. Um, but, like, when you find out the backstory, you're like, wow, this whole place was fucked from the beginning. You can't blame the AI. <laughs> like, like, you guys were clearly unethical and fucked up. And you find out that the uh, AI was basically a mind copy of the wife of the guy who founded it. Oh, great. And against her will. Oh, great. Right. And so eventually GLaDOS kind of rebels a bit against some of her programming, which is kind of interesting, but mm-hmm. still just like, you know. Horrifying. Horrifying. Um, well. And in fact, the voice actor who was playing the, um, who was playing the founder, mm-hmm. who always shows up in the second game, um, he basically refused to do one of the scenes that involved the part where her mind would get recorded. He said, this is too horrific. I will not do this. Which wow. kind of tells you something. And also... You know, again, makes me wonder, so who thought to record that in the first place? And, yeah. You know, sort of what's going on behind the scenes with well, Valve, right? Like, yeah. And I should also point out that this game is, this 
podcast is going to focus on women characters in games. Right. We're going to do something later about Gamergate and women creators and all that kind of stuff, but that's yeah. Yeah. that's episode in and of itself. Yeah, no, no, yeah. that gets its own deal. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, GLaDOS and Chell as like, and it, it's also frustrating because Chell's one of the few uh, women of color characters, mm-hmm. right? Oh, and so, speaking of women of color, mm-hmm. let's, let's, let's go to... Did you play Remember Me? I can't remember. I didn't get a chance to. I have... We'll, we'll work it out. Remember Me is a fairly short game. Mm-hmm. I fell in love with this game mm. because you are, number one, playing a French woman of color in post-apocalyptic Paris, mm-hmm. which automatically I'm like, hells yeah. Anytime I get to see a person of color in Europe, because guess what? We all we are all there. Right. I'm like, look, you actually... Showed me that people of color exist in modern day Europe, yeah, um, or post apocalyptic Europe, and, and they're not all like savage villain bandits, exactly. Right, and so she basically wakes up and doesn't have memory of what happened. Like she wakes up and her brother contacts her. And he's like, "I'm getting you out of there. Mm. Like, follow my instructions. We're going to get you out of there. We're going to this is." And you basically slowly find out the reason they want her is that in this post apocalyptic France, memories are commodities. Mm. And she is one of the most talented memory remixers. Ah. So I really feel they didn't use the system enough in the game, but mm-hmm. it was great when they did, where you would actually... Okay, so, just to give you a scenario, and this is the one you could play in the preview. Is that the one where it's like, like you convince someone he killed someone or yes, something Yes, you like can that? convince him, like, you go into his memory, and by altering little things like making sure in his memory the gun is actually uncocked, or um, loaded when it was unloaded before... Making sure that, like, she trips over the luggage so it makes him, like, doing all this fucked up shit so that he remembers himself, because he's an evil guy, as killing her and then is then motivated to commit suicide himself. And I do love that the scene ends just just for them to reassure you that you did not kill this woman and were not fucked up. The scene ends with her coming in and finding him, like, shot in the head and going, like, oh shit. Right. And so. It's like this, you're doing this fucked up thing, but they're reassuring you. It's, it's a very interesting scenario. Or there's another one where you've, this woman has become your enemy because you find out that like her husband was in the hospital and she's doing it for him. You basically alter her memory so she believes her husband's already dead. Wow. Like, there's all this like fucked up shit, but it was fascinating. And the people who created that are doing that, a new game. Okay. Which is the one we were talking about, um... It's uh, Life is Strange, okay. which uses the same mechanic, which I'm super excited about because I feel like they're finally going to really bring it in and bring it to its fruition because it's a great idea for a mechanic. But the fascinating thing for me is that no game publisher would touch Life is Strange because of the female protagonist except for Square Enix. Mm. Which I'm and, like, hmm. And, and when you think about, because um, it's it's about like also playing with time, right? Yes. Yeah. When you think about, and you think about the story behind Braid, mm-hmm. how Braid, you're playing the obsessive, violent stalker. Yes. And Greg, Braid has good game mechanics, but hmm, interesting. You know, like, oh, so you guys aren't interested in a time mechanic now because of a woman. Oh, yeah. Well, you know. Yeah, no, yeah. no, no. It's it's really, and I mean, I guess the mechanic isn't the same because you're playing with time instead of memory. Yeah, yeah but but going back and altering. Yeah, I, kind of I'm fun, just right? like, and no, no one's used this really. It's a fascinating, like, but also it doesn't lend itself to like brutal game fighting all the time. It's like, hey, well, I think you actually like have to be sort of subtle. You could rewind time a bit, but mm-hmm. it's like, 
that's not the same as making it a puzzle, right? Yeah, exactly. Like getting unshot or, or getting around so you could shoot someone again. It's like, that's already well explored, right? And it's just like, um, the shooter games especially. Here's the women and characters in shooter games. I'm not a huge shooter game fan. Mm-hmm. Um, you like them more than I do. Uh, I, like, I mean, you like. I mean, it's like I like a couple. Mostly, I like the sci-fi ones. Yeah, we played Halo together yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. Um, and those are fun. Playing with you is actually fun because we like talk shit while we play, right. as opposed to me playing Halo on my own, where I'm just like shoot another thing. Um, but the female character in those, like especially if you're in a group scenario, is always like the magician or the archer. And she's always fit. I was just like, what is this? We're in the army. A couple <laughs> years ago, there's this game that came out. It's a, it's an FPS one. It's called uh, Warframe, I think. Mm. So it's all military, military, you know, real yeah. world military stuff. And people are in military gear. And then they introduce the women and, you know, all camo and fatigues except for boob windows. And everyone was like, but what? But like, what power does the... I really want someone to write a short story about what power the boob window gives you. Because it's got to be something. There's got to be, like, a laser that shoots out of there. I was thinking Care Bear for the Care Bear. The Care Bear stare. Something. (laughs) I'm like, what's up with this boob window? It's not only impractical, it's pretty damn unattractive. You know, I'm very confused. And it's funny because I'm thinking about, like, a game where they actually... Now, I'd have to go look at the graphics because I know there's been, like, eight or ten of these. Um, Metal Slug. Oh, God. Because they did put women in there. They did. And they the did. women are shooting and cutting everyone just like everyone else. This like, is true. It's been years since I've played that. Any of those, though. They, they drop one, like, every two years. Right? So it's like, they always add, like, one or two new things. Like, now you can turn to zombies, and now you turn into monkeys, and it's just like, okay. Right. Um, but, yeah. Um, let me think. What else? Uh... Shall we start going into Mirror's Edge? Because we both have feelings about it. Oh, Mirror's Edge. Um, We do have feelings about it. You can start if you want. Okay, so so first (laughs) off, i got to say, Mirror's Edge, um, I'm going to start with the good stuff. First Mm -hmm. off, woman of color. Yes. Uh, Woman of color who is not accented. You know, like, it's not like, now we got to give her the Asian voice, and she's secretly from a family of ninja Yakuza tryouts. Like, Like, it's like, no, okay. She's just an Asian person in what I presume to be America, because it's kind of weird. Um, but Quick note, I have shit to talk about accents at the end of this podcast. <laughs> so, so, okay, not accented. Um, her most important, like, you're out to rescue your sister. Mm-hmm. You get to hear both your characters talk at some point. You know, your They're not talking talk. about men. Right. Um, <laughs> she actually shows up on the game cover. Like, mm-hmm. you actually, you, you know who you're playing. Yeah. Um, she actually gets to kick ass. These are all great things. Um, but the game itself, it's like, most oh, things where it's a love hate. Like, I love running around, I love jumping, I love kneeing the cop in the face. Right? That's great. That's it's, great. It's like, you get, like, two levels of this awesomeness, and then they do two things at the same time. One, they, um, all the runner vision, they start playing with it, mm-hmm. and so it's like, where the hell am I supposed to go? I'm in a big, empty room, and nothing is red. Yeah. And, or, you know, I'm underground somewhere. I don't know where to go. Like, that's that pissed me off because I'm like, it's like Sonic games. Yeah. The Sonic game you know go right. Right? <laughs> you, you, you can go right in like eight different paths, but you, but you go right. right. And I'm like, well, in a 3D game, you got to make it clear. And that's the point of giving me the runner vision so I can focus on running and jumping and then I can find secret ways elsewise. But I don't even know where to go. And then the second part, which makes that a pain, is Suddenly, all the cops get machine guns. Right? Instantly. How right? did that happen? Right. Well, I mean, I feel... Okay, so I feel like we should point out, for anyone who hasn't played Mirror's Edge, 
it's a parkour-based game. And so what Yellow, what Yellow Peril is talking about when he's talking about the red is that in many of these scenarios, you're leaping from walls and grabbing onto pipes, and the red vision helps you negotiate. It, it will highlight you, where you can jump on it. Exactly. Like, go here, and this is a quick way you can go. Which is helpful because the environment is like crazy dystopia with all these options, and you're like, where the hell am I going? Right. You, like, okay, this is how much I love the game. You know me. I never play a first-person game. Right. I hate first-person games. I my My personal, like vision of where I am in the world gets fucked when I'm doing first person. I always fall into rivers or do whatever. Right. I prefer being able to see my character. But I love this game so much that I was like, fuck it, I'm playing this. Right. I love, like you said, love the parkour, love the leaping, love the conversation she has. Like, they actually made the fighting work in first person? That's yeah, fucking hard to that's do. That's fucking hard to do. But the fighting also is sort of clunky, especially when you get a gun. It's hard to aim, it's hard to shoot. And then you're right, like, all of a sudden, initially... You're running from cops. Maybe they have a handgun. Maybe they don't have anything. You knee them in the head. You go. You move on. Right. All of a sudden, it's groups of 20 cops with machine guns as you're trying to leap on a steel girder in the middle of, like, a giant hole that goes down 50 feet. Right. And I'm just like... And, and, and part of it is, if this is your first time doing the level, you don't even know where to go. You don't even know what the fuck's happening. Right. Like, I mean, I get that they wanted to add pressure, but I felt like the normal cops worked fine for that. And right? I feel like they didn't... They didn't step it the way they should have. If they had slowly stepped it up, also granting you, like, more life and a little bit more, like, in, I don't know, maybe you're quicker, maybe you're faster. Like, slowly edging it up, it was just like, boom, one level to the next, you are dead. Right. I just... And I mean, I get that they want to make it feel more crisis-like, mm-hmm. but I was just like, nope, this... Like, I think I got three or four levels in, and then I was like, this isn't even fun anymore. I think we all got three or four yeah, levels yeah, in, yeah. which is why I'm very excited that they're rebooting it. Yeah. Um, I really, really hope that they take all this in, like, all... Because these are not complaints just us made. This is, these yeah, are, like, yeah. complaints about this game. I really hope they take that in, because it's one of those things where it's like, the premise is fun. I find this... I often find this with books, where you're like, this premise is amazing, and then but you get two chapters in, you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. Really? Um, the so, other yeah. thing that I also want, you know, I'm pretty sure they won't do it, but, like, in the initial concepts, mm-hmm. they were going to have a whole crew of runners. So Ooh. that blonde girl who ends up throwing you the bag, yeah, the yeah. Game, she was going to be a runner you could play, too. Oh, I actually like that. So I was kind of like, huh, you know. I mean, I love that when you decided to just do one, you focused on the woman of color, the Asian woman, but... It really would have been interesting to play a crew of runners, especially if they all had different running styles. Because not everyone well, who runs parkour runs it the same. You could do co-op missions, right? <gasps> so, oh. like, you know, like how, um, uh, what was the uh, ninja game? Uh, uh, frick, I'm not remembering. It started on the PlayStation. Oh, oh, is this the one where you're, um, you're, you're assassinating people? Yep. Oh, shit, what is that? I love that game. Yeah. I can't even remember what it's called now. I believe it starts with a T. My brain is just not doing Tengu? it. Tengu? Uh, no, that's not it. No, it's something. God yes. damn it. No, whatever. <laughs> but it's, but yeah, it's you can have co-op. You it. can have co-op, yeah. Um, <clears throat> is it time for Mass Effect? Oh, Mass Effect. I think it is. Um, um, so, uh, like, first off, we'll just start with the big thing everyone knows, is that the the woman who voices Shepard is way better than the dude who voices Shepard. Oh my Shepherd. god. I, my favorite thing... So, for me, Mass Effect is my game series. Right. Like, everyone has that game series that is the one they've played over and over. They adore it. And for years, I was just like, I'm just not going to have one of those. 
And then Mass Effect came along, and I was like, holy shitballs. This is for me. Mass Effect filled the hole that I wasn't getting for JRPGs. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they basically fled the consoles, and I was just like, I got nothing. I got like, nothing here. Yeah. But... I mean, the woman, yes, Jennifer Hale is a fucking amazing voice actress. As I said, she voices the trans character in um, Dragon Age Inquisition as well, Crown. Okay. And I adore her. And my favorite thing is that I can't remember which, I think it was WonderCon, I want to okay. say, that uh, we went to. Maybe, I think we went together. Or maybe we, we had separated at some okay. point and I was okay. off on my own. But they had Jennifer Hale there, okay. along with the guy who did the voice for Male Shepherd. And if I, I am not even exaggerating. There were like three people in line for Male Shepherd and literally the line for Female Shepherd went around the booth. Right. Like everyone was like, I want Jennifer Hale's autograph. Right. And I have played Mass Effect 3 as the man because in the fucking third game, they finally right. give you the option of a male-male queer relationship. Yeah. And I wanted to play that and I am one of those completists who's like, well, if I'm going to play a male, I have to play it from the very first game so they don't give me fucked up options that I made. Yeah, I I got so angry because I know when they put out the third game, they like, yeah, so if you miss some stuff in the games, you can make some choices. But all the choices are real shit. Like, the choices like, they give you are all the bad choices you could have made. Right, and I mean, I get you want us to play all through, but like, let's be honest, like, like I could deal with if you... Don't give me the very best choices, but I'm like, I come in and everyone hates me and shit, and I'm like, dude, I've lost three goddamn Xboxes, you know, and saves. You cannot punish me like this. Fuck you. Right? I think we were playing three at the same time, and you were playing it without the history. Right. And I was playing it with, and I remember talking to you and you being like, this character's gone, and I'm like, oh shit, they must have given you the option that you shot him in game two. Like, it was all this stuff where it was like, why is this? Yeah, I... But, uh, so, so, I mean, it's interesting because I feel like Mass Effect, um, it's, it's like, when, so, like, okay, good, we have games now where it's, like, we're really emphasizing you can make your own character, Mm -hmm. you know, that's awesome. Um, the same time, I feel like, you know, all they advertised was Dude Chef, right? Oh, yeah. It's, it's only Dude Chef, and it's, like, you know, well, the fact that when we got to the third game, they were, like, oh, there's gonna be a cover with Femme Chef. And then they had that big voting. You remember? There were, like, five options. I think four of them were white. Um, It was, like, blonde lady, redheaded lady. And then I think there was, like, maybe one or two women of color options. I remember people getting pumped at me, like, the woman of color, vote. She looks awesome. Personally, my women in Mass Effect always look like Martha Washington from Frank Miller. I always make them black women with short blonde hair. Mm. But um, I think it was the redheaded one that won. And I was like, okay, fine, whatever. At least Femme Shep is on the cover. And then I bought my fucking copy. And isn't like a double-sided it's cover? It's reversible. But it shows male chef yes. unless you deliberately pull it out, flip it around. Yes, exactly. And so I was like, like, fuck If you look you. for the secret, you can find the woman. Right? <laughs> it's like we're hiding her. Because I was just like, oh, fuck you. Fuck you, Bioware. Right. Like, don't tell me you're pro- finally going to put Femme Shep on the cover. It would have been one thing if you chipped half with male Shep and half with female Shep on the right, cover. Right, right. And they were both reversible. One thing. But you shipped all male Shep. Right. And we had to refer, like, mine has been reversed from the jump since I bought it, but it's right. like, really? Yeah, and it's just like, ugh. Yeah. Ugh. I just, and here's the other thing about body. Okay. I, I have the same issue with Dragon Age as I do with Mass Effect. All the women have the same slim body. You, listen, there is no reason why I should not be able to create a character that has hips, 
that is of size, that has a neck that doesn't look like it's going to snap like a Pez dispenser. Right. Like, like I mean, I get the idea, like, one, that video game-wise, there's only so many models you want your computer to deal with, right? Yeah. But the same, and I also get sci-fi-wise, you can justify the idea that maybe there's only certain body types, like you gene mod your military. But at the same time, you would have more than just one type. So have- I should be able to pick, I want the buff character. Like, this is the muscular build. Because you would have a few different gene types, right? Yeah. Like, and that's assuming we're going with the full gene modding. And that's the whole thing, is I'm like, because here's why I don't, here's why I call bullshit on them not being able to make chubby characters. Because I played the Fable series. Mm-hmm. And Fable 2 is fucked up in many ways. Um, but you can gain weight. Yeah. And it does not affect your fighting prowess. It does not affect um, the way you interact with people. Oh. You just gain some weight. Okay. And, like, I mean, granted, it's really fucked up around, like, food issues. Like, I'm like, anyone who has an ED, which includes me. I, like, I feel like that would also be, like, that thing with that uh, San Andreas, right? Like, oh, oh, you gotta work out, or you gotta yeah, get fat. exactly. It's, like, this whole thing, because, you know, because I have an ED, I'm like, oh, this is making me weird about, like, the fact that every food has a fat ranking or a negative fat ranking, but I was able to make a larger character. My character was able to get more muscular, or get, you know, and you could do that with Mass Effect. Why, why can't you? Why can't I have, like, a woman who looks like she's a bodybuilder, if that's what I want? Or is at least... Taller than 5'6"? Like, right. the height is limited, too. And I'm like... So, so this is one of the things um, on Note of Games where you can just custom make your character. I used to play a lot of Fantasy Star Online. Mm-hmm. Fantasy Star Online lets you do a lot. Like, you could make a really Amazon, like, huge woman if you want. Or, like, short and chubby. Like, you could do a lot of that, which oh, I liked. Okay. Um, like, sort of the game along those lines that I'm playing right now is Monster Hunter. And Monster Hunter, unfortunately, the women's armor is a lot of times very feminized compared to dudes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, what made me think of this was, because when you're talking about food issues, Monster Hunter, before you go on a mission, you stop at a restaurant and eat food that gives you buffs for the mission. <laughs> so it's always about eating food. So <laughs> I was just like, yes. That I enjoy. And, like, and actually, when you're on the mission, you have to eat food to regain your stamina. Like, it's not your health. Your health is its own thing, but eat, you need to eat food or you get tired quick. That makes sense. Like, right. hello. like okay. Like, hello based on actual biology. Right. Um, but yeah, Mass Effect. Uh, should we yeah. talk about the ending? Well, uh, so or I mean, maybe basically there's, there's two points to say with Mass okay. Effect. Second, second game, you work for the space Nazis. Right? Like, like, can we talk about how problematic that... Like, the first game we point out, hey, all this species, racism, evil shit is whack. Mm-hmm. And then you make me work for the space... You make me work for the space Nazis. Like, and I have so many chances to take that ship and blow them up. And just say, <laughs> fuck you, space Nazis. I ain't working for you. And you don't let me do that. No. You don't even let me really kick their ass at the end of the game. No. Then we get to the end of the third game. I don't even get to shoot. I don't even get to shoot Mr. Space Nazi David Duke. I don't. <laughs> you don't let me have. I am. You assholes. Force me to shoot Legion. Because I didn't do 200 other fucking things, I missed one thing, and I had to shoot Legion. But you I had can't. to shoot Legion? You have to shoot Legion. Okay. And they make you pull the trigger multiple times. Why are you shooting Legion? He, it's like him and um, Talia end up in beef, and then oh, yeah, yeah. the wrong thing previously, then it's like, you oh, are, shit, yeah. they make you pick a side. Yeah. And then it's like, you made me shoot Legion, but I don't get to shoot the Space Nazi? Are you serious? 
I... And then, the very ending is, in fact, a white supremacist wet dream. Oh my god, it totally is. I was like, so after 90 hours of play, where you've unified different cultures, and shown people this species who you said we should genocide because they're evil, in fact, are just trying to live, and you help save them and do all this shit, after all of that, you've brokered all these peace, you fucking won so many Nobel Peace Prizes. <laughs> At the end of it... Magic, you know, the, the AI that's been around hundreds of thousands of years and is super intelligent only has three answers. Genocide, slavery, or eugenics. Yeah, I need intelligent AI to give me more than what the, than what the meth-addled fucking white supremacist can give me. <laughs> I need a little bit. <laughs> Especially okay. when I've just done three games of, of con, you know, gameplay showing you the contrary. Yeah. Right? Like, like, everyone was like, oh, they're just complaining because all your choices don't matter. No, the basic premise doesn't matter. Right? Okay. So. <laughs> oh, David Duke. Um, so. I just, I can't get past so. I, you know. I, I, okay. I love, I, I love the series, as I said. I, re- I love the you series. Love too. That's what makes me so angry. I've replayed it. I don't even want to say how many times as different characters. I don't want to say how many saves I have. I don't want to mention any of that. Let me just say I've played we'll it a put bunch. It in the shame box. We'll put it in the shame box and put it under the bed. Um, so you're completely right with everything you say. Like bottom line, the things that piss me off the most are the things you mention, but also there are these little things. Like, like okay, is it two or three? Where where the where the? Okay, I get it that people, my companions, are going to die. Yeah, I yeah. get that. But I am pissed when they don't give me an option around, like, there's no scenario but your character dies or all these people die. And I'm uh, like, uh, yeah. I'm like, really? Because I've been pretty smart and resourceful up till now on figuring out how to keep my people alive and get the mission done. I also, I also feel like um, if they want to play up the whole, you know, protagonist renegade thing, it's like, I should be able to pick which person I put on the suicide mission. Right? Fuck that guy. Well, like, you, you get that one choice between um, Ashley and Caden, um, or as we call it, the sensitive Marine and the Spates Nazi. Yeah. Because that's what Ashley is. I always choose for Ashley to die. Because I'm just like, I, I can't with you. I can't, I can't with your like, life. Like, like, and this is the thing. It's like, given their setup and that they're willing to talk about the fact that people are problematic, I'm willing to accept people having some issues. Like, if someone had beef, like, your species wiped out all my grandparents. Real talk. I've got beef against you. Fair enough. But you got beef against everyone? Everyone. I'm just like, that, mm. And uh, so, the ending to three. Mm-hmm. You've listed every reason to piss me off. But also, you had to shoot Legion. I didn't have to shoot Legion because I actually worked out a way to get them to work together. Legion still fucking dies. Oh, because well, when you get them to work together, some shit has to be rebooted or whatever, and Legion has to sacrifice himself to change the rest of the Geth. And I'm just like, I'm okay, glad you so. spoiled me on that because I figure in my next playthrough I was going to work all hard. And I mean, I'll still work hard, but now because I know if that would happen, I would have thrown the control. I've been like, no, I was pissed. <laughs> I actually, the first time I played it through, I sided with the Geth instead of. Um, Whatever Tali's people are called. Which, which I mean, is fair. Like, it's fair. I was like, slave master. You created a slave race and then got angry when they got smart and were like, um, maybe we should have more purpose than serving you. 
I'm like, y'all, y'all, y'all are not clean in the least here. Right. In the least. But if you choose the gap, Tally commits suicide in front of you. She goes to the cliff, takes off her mask, you and know, falls I think, backwards. I think I, I think I chose that one too. Like, I think I did that one. I said, no, I don't like that. And then I was like, oh, and now you make me shoot him. Well, you, are you serious? You know what the fucked up thing is? That I was playing through as my character dating Tali when Tali... Oh, <laughs> So I was like, this shit is dark. Um, but yeah, that ending... The other thing that pisses me off about that ending is that Shepard dies. Fine. If all of the endings had Shepard dying, that would be fine with me. But if you get your points above a certain level and you choose the fucking um, genocide ending... Where you kill all the robots, which, let's be real, at this point includes your the race, the geth, you just fucking saved. Includes and, uh, Edie. Edie. Which is a whole other topic right, we're about to start on. Edie, I'm like, you kill Tresha Helfner. That is unforgivable. <laughs> but if you do that, like, you get this scene of Shepard's armor, and it starts to breathe. Like, all you see is the chest, and the chest starts to move. So it implies that Shepard is alive. After this, so I'm like, oh, so the only way that my character can survive, and I'm attached to my fucking character, is, is genocide. Yeah, is to oh. kill all these intelligent creatures. I can't do that. I'm okay, sorry. Can we also talk about so Edie? Oh, Edie. So okay, I love AIs. I love AIs. Me I love too. AIs thinking different. I love. I even love this. I I enjoy romances, but mm-hmm. the romances between AIs and people are always terrible, and this was no exception. Yeah. Um. Okay, I could have dealt with everything except the sexy five fifties robot a body. Like that was the part that was just too much for me. Um, because I'm just like, no, well, like, no. Okay, so I didn't understand that. Number one, I didn't understand why this warrior bot. It also doesn't fit the fucking franchise appearance. No, right? But but it sort of does because remember Miranda's boob window. They're all, they have, well, that's they, true. Like, and that was on the cover of the second game. You were like, breastuses, right there. Yeah. And remember Samara's yeah. leather outfit? Yeah. Like, it does sort of fit their thing with well, their female I mean, characters. Yeah, at least in the sense that the 50s look. Yeah, the 50s look. was but, very... And I also think we, we gloss over some of that because the characters are in and of themselves awesome. As much as Miranda annoys me at times. Right. She's actually a pretty great character. And pre- not great in the thing where I like her, but as a complex, like, full character. Same thing with Samara. Samara's, like, having to hunt down one of her daughters. Like, you're dealing with some shit there, and it's not glossed over. Right. And also, I mean, is there anything better than the first meeting with Samara where you see her float down and put her high-heeled boot on this woman's neck and say, find comfort in the embrace of the goddess? Crap. (laughs) I was like, oh, I love you already. Like, what happened? But it just feels like they did all of this in the first game and the second game and gave you all these options and gave you a world that felt real, that you could interact with, and right. your changes mattered. And then the third game, I was like, but the, my decisions didn't matter. I could have made the exact opposite decisions, and my choices would have been the same. Genocide, slavery, or eugenics. And to be quite honest, every time I played, I, I chose eugenics because that seemed the least fucked up of the three. Right, people get to live. <laughs> right? right? I was like, okay, so I'm merging people and machines, which is fucked up without consent, but at least everyone survives, question mark? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, no. Um, okay, so real quick, this just uh, made me think of a game I haven't thought of in years. Um, the flip side, so 50 sexy robot thing, mm-hmm. the thing where I realized it would fit in, did you ever play Space Channel 5? 
I've so it was one of the early rhythm games. It was on like the Sega Dreamcast. You are the you're this uh, space reporter, uh, in like basically go-go boots with the big hair, and your name is Ulala. Oh my and god! You've got a microphone gun, and you basically go and do dance-offs against aliens. <laughs> And it's got this amazing music soundtrack, and instead oh of, like, God. life or hit points, the deal is, when you when you do your dancing well, you get a bigger dance squad behind you. Like, more of the people on the level join you. This is sounding vaguely familiar. It's like, awesome. I remember remembering the commercials or something. Did, they, I think they did a re-release, like on, Xbox, like, on Xbox Arcade or something. Oh, my God. But it had this, like, amazing soundtrack, and it was like, da-da-da-da-da, choo-choo-choo, <laughs> and you would just, like... Yeah, and one of the things is they had Space Michael, so you get Michael Jackson on your team at one point. I'm like, see, see that fits, and it's like, of course, it's totally like, I mean, it's sexualized in that goofy way, but it's totally like ridiculous. But it's totally like a fifties pastiche of right. like space, right? Which is something very, very different. Um, so, an author who I'm not going to name uh, recently tried to do like a fifties pastiche space odyssey story, uh-huh. and I was like, here's the problem. There's no pastiche here. This is just 50s with, like, women sex bots. Like, mm-hmm. there's nothing actually commenting on it. I'm not going to name the author because, uh, various reasons. Yeah. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Um, so, one of my friends just, uh, finished Lightning Returns. Um, so, did you play any of the FF13 games? I... And I don't play two of you did. FF13 one is the one where Lightning's sister has been turned to glass. Uh, yes. I played that. I don't think I played it to the end, but I played it. Yeah. FF13-2 is the one where... following her sister. I played yeah. that. I enjoyed that a lot more than I yeah. enjoyed one, no. but I still don't think I finished it. Yeah. But I played both of them. Okay. Yeah, I didn't finish it because I think I moved out of here and they were your games. And so I was just like, eh. And then my 360 died. So, yeah. yeah, these things happen. <laughs> um, so, yeah, 13 is just... It's, again, one of those things where interesting premises happen and terrible delivery. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, wow, look at all these women doing awesome shit. I'm excited about that. But what you actually deliver is horrific. Like, yeah. like racism. And, like, uh. like you know, um, one girl. So you have a character in there who's, like, I don't know, 14. Her name's Vanille. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a point when the, the party gets split up and she ends up hanging out with the older black guy who is basically friends yes. with his son. Yes. And there's a whole point where basically they have to camp out overnight. She goes, I'm going to sleep over here. Don't rape me now. Did she literally say don't rape me now? She says, don't cross the line and do anything naughty. Or she says something that is... That's implying sexualized violence. Right, right. It, it is, is just short of the word rape. Right? Oh, basically. my God. And I was just like... And, you know, he, he... And I'm like, what? Are we fucking serious? Well, um, how many issues is that? Why are you traveling with someone that you don't trust? With, with well, like, there's just so many travel. Yeah, but, but, but there's so many that that suddenly comes out like is horrific. Like he's never been portrayed this way before. He's right. just he, trying to save his son with this little bird in his he hand. Basically, which is, like that's a whole separate issue. But, but like basically, the whole thing is he's been kind of like the older father figure yeah. in the group, and then you suddenly pull this out. Um, like Lightning just doesn't get developed as an interesting character. Like, plot-wise, it sounds interesting. Save your sister. Awesome. But just, like, as a character, they just don't do her well. Well, here's totally uh, what I sort of think is going on there. They did not... They wanted to write a stoic woman warrior, and they didn't know 
how to make her anything but a blank stoic character. Right. And I was like, just because she's stoic and a warrior doesn't mean she doesn't grow as a person in various ways. Shoot, just show her punching out her sister's fiance, and I will say good. Well, I mean, that's the thing is, there's other media we can point to with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ghost in the Shell gets away with it because when Matoko says something, she says something pretty deep, and you realize this is where you've been coming at this situation from the get go. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think of uh, fuck. There's this uh, Morbito. It's an anime where you have this woman who's in her 30s, and she's the top end spear warrior, um, and she basically. You know, she's pretty stoic, but the thing is, it's when she talks to other people and you see her maturity and how she's dealing with shit. Yeah. It's like, she doesn't have to talk a lot, but when she says something, you're like, oh, I see where you're coming from. But we don't get that from Lightning. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so it's like, number two I felt was cool, because I'm like, oh, so Sarah isn't just a rescue princess. She gets to do shit, and I felt like they actually did more develop her in that. Well, and I appreciated the one thing I will say I appreciate about one and two is that at its heart... It is a story, both are stories about sisters. Right. Lightning is trying to save Sarah. Sarah is trying to save Lightning. Lightning. It has very little to do with the men in their lives, which I appreciated. But I felt like, um, you know, I sat down and watched, like, the playthrough for, uh, you know, like, the the cinemas and all that for Mm -hmm. for three, because I was just like, I refuse to give you guys any more of my money. (laughs) Like, you have to justify me paying you now. Yeah. Um, Was basically, like, the games actually are very disconnected plot-wise. It was just like, I was like, okay, I know you guys claim you want to put these all together, but it doesn't feel like that. It feels like you just took the same characters and kind of, like, AU'd them into different situations. Mm. And it's really sad because, three, Lightning is basically the savior. Well, not, not basically. Like, they call her the savior. She's literally rescuing souls to go into the next universe. Oh. Which, you know, I'm like, this could be a really interesting thing, but... It's it's just like, you know, bad final, you know, like, bad Final Fantasy cosmology. Final Fantasy does do good and bad cosmology alternating. Yeah, this is just bad Final Fantasy cosmology. <laughs> um, just, again, not really good development, and just, like, you know, the gameplay looks amazing. Like, I'm like, this looks like fun, but you guys actually owe me at this point. Like, I bought your two games, now you need to ship me that third game for free. <laughs> like, I didn't get my worth out of those no, two games. I get, well, hmm, that's one of the reasons I hate games where you pay and then they ask you to pay monthly to play online or something. I was like, motherfucker, I gave you $60. The end. I should like, be able like, to I play can, this I game on my own. It was like a $20 game or something. Yeah. Or there's something where you're constantly doing updates. Or, like, it's a, if it's an MMO where I'm playing with more than four people, fair enough. But, like... Yeah. I just, I, mm, but, so I recently started replaying Knights of the Old Republic. Okay. Because I got both on Xbox for, like, really cheap. People were like, $5 each. I was like, all right. Okay. Cool. I haven't played these in years. Um, I want to play them again because they, you know, I almost view the Knights of the Old Republic games as, like, a precursor to Mass Effect, to Mass Effect in yeah. many ways, in terms of, like, you, your decisions at least affecting your own alignment and all these things. Here's the thing, though. Mass Effect gives you a lot of, like, gray area. There are things you can do in Mass Effect. I think I played the first Knights of the Little Republic, and I remember, do you cut off the heads of all the children, or do you give them hugs? Thank you! And it's like, <laughs> I, uh, hmm. I mean, at this point, it's just like, do you want me to be cartoonishly evil or cartoonishly good? And then it means, like, when you pick the opposite going the other side, there's no feeling of any sort of... Of, no. of radiation, like, like, at least... I mean, usually when it got cartoonish in Mass Effect, it was because, like, 
the option said be mean to him, and then you shot him like 20 times, and you're like, that wasn't what I needed to take it there. Or that one where you punched the reporter. Yeah. Where I was like, oh, that's a problem. I just didn't want to take her shit. I didn't mean hit her. Like, that's a, that's a renegade choice I was not making. I feel like a lot of times, like, at least in the earlier ones, like, the decisions were basically uh, professional diplomacy or Jerry Springer. Right, like, and that's that's straight up what what Knights of the Old Republic is. So I'm trying to play it, and you, I am a gray player in most games. Like, I'm all for saving people, but like, like Dragon Age Inquisition, I will manipulate some people into following me and be like, I own you now because that's what has to happen. Yeah, Knights of the Old Republic. Every time I want to get a little evil, it's like, well. Do you stop the children from racistly harassing the alien, or do you allow it to continue and join in? Here are your choices, and I'm like. Well, of co- this is written for white people. Right. Of course I'm going to stop the racism. I'm a person of color. I'm that's, not going to let that go that's on. That's like one of my friends was talking about Bioshock Infinite, and he's like, he's like, because near the beginning, oh, you Jesus. get this option to join in basically stoning an interracial couple. And he was basically like, oh my god, this is so shocking and new. And people are like, that's my grandparents. Yeah. You know, like, like that, and uh, we know how the Bioshock Infinite ends. Right with right. The, with the black people running around and like it's well, basically it's race, racial holy war. Right? It's it's, racial, ba- it's birth white. of a nation. It's birth yeah. of a nation. Literally, they're like we can't give the black people liberty because they'll, they'll just yeah. they'll they'll rape our women and do this and then they do. And, they, and, and, and the best part of that was the speech that you get about that is the whole thing of like like well you know you don't need to go this far to like earn your freedom. That's too much violence in a game where I've literally killed thousands of people to free one white woman. Mm-hmm. Like, that's like, that's yeah. some David Duke produced video games right there. I'm right. like, because I have never played Bioshock, and so I was actually sort of interested in Infinite because I'm I like the steampunk aesthetic at times. I like a like I like an airship. I like these things. Well, I mean, it's like those things where it's like again, I was like, okay, you guys are going to try and guilt race. Let me watch the playthrough before I give you my money. That was a smarter idea. That was that's my rule now. I just don't trust them because. Luckily, I just borrowed the game, and I played I played up to the point where you can stone the interracial couple, and I was like, done. Yeah. Done. Not even going to try this anymore. Yeah. Um, oh. But what I think the problem is, is that you can't, you, you cannot show this to us as supposedly shocking backwardness mm-hmm. when it's still going on. Yeah. Like, 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 it's like, oh my god, look at how shocking and backward it is. But how much of your gamer base is actually down Believes this. Yeah. And also, you're trying to be, like, shocking in in the past, but it's not, because your endgame totally validates all the racist white theory. You're not doing and, anything And there's also it. no commentary by the character. No. Like, because that's the point. That's, that's something where you can go, you can have the character show shock and horror and go, what the fuck? But yeah. they don't, you know? They don't. Um... um and so, yeah, if you're relying on your players to have a morality in real-world issues, you're not going to get it. Like, mm. pretty much, this is why I say the only thing we've really accomplished is we've gotten past cannibalism. <laughs> like that's Sometimes. Thing, well, that's the one thing you can say, like, people, you have to really reach to justify it. This is true. You can't just say, well, they asked for it. <laughs> I mean, unless you're in Germany. But even yeah. then, that was a big hubbub. People didn't go, okay, you asked for it, it's cool, people went, mm. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, no, this is true. Um, um, uh, I guess the one last game, woman in-game thing I really wanted to cover was Metroid. 
Um, yes. And it's sort of like that fucked up transformation that had to, that went on with it. Because it's sort of like, okay, so Metroid 1, you don't actually know you're playing a woman until mm-hmm. the very end. Which, okay, fine. But it's also like 8-bit graphics where, like, to show that someone's a woman, you just put a bow on them. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, Pac-Man, right? Right, Like, yeah. you don't have a lot of options to basically show that someone's a woman. Um... So, okay, fair enough. Then Super Metroid. Super Metroid, you start from the beginning knowing that you're playing a woman. But you're still in basically a, like, you're still in the normal Samus armor. So it's not sexualized, and you're just shooting the shit out of monsters Mm -hmm. and playing the game. And great. And then we go uh, into the 3D era, and then suddenly you're in sexified, you know, super skin tight suit. And granted, you're first person, so we don't see it most of the time, but... Why is that even necessary? Why is this um, why is this armor molded to your body? Why is this and to go back to to the very beginning of Star Trek Voyager for a little bit? Mm-hmm. I remember an interview I read with Jerry Ryan where she talked about the outfit that they put her in for Seven of Nine, mm-hmm. where she was like, "Well, you realize that to, for that outfit, they actually had to mold the cloth to each of my breasts because if they just put like." a breast space there would have just been one long breast. So they actually had to, like, mold. And I was just like, they went so far to, right. like, make sure that you had a skin-tight bodysuit. Why? Right. Why? For and, what reason? And this is the thing. And, I mean, I get TV, you want attractive people. Her face is attractive. You didn't need to, like, focus on her tits all the time. Like, Jerry Ryan is gorgeous. Right. And, and her face is gorgeous. And honestly, like, a lot of that cast was pretty damn fine. Like, I'm like, Most of the cast. I was just sitting there, I'm like, you made me like the half Vulcan. Like, I don't like the bumpy head look, okay? Like, the bumpy head thing has never been a thing for me. And then I'm like... Oh, Belana. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm like, you're still fine. Like, Belana is fine. And I was like, I, yeah, I... I just don't understand. I remember seeing that Metroid image come up of, like, her in the armor and just go, Really? And, and, and this is the other part, is basically, we're in the era now where you could, like, people have made, like, like fan porn of, like, the companion cube, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't have to even be something that is sexual in any normal sense, and so, you know, let the fans do that shit. Let the, the fans, fans do want it. it, they'll do it. Don't worry about it. Just give us the normal character. Although it's fascinating to me that the reason that we got Garrus as a romantic option in Mass Effect 2 is because the creators saw so much Shepard Garrus fan fiction online. Yeah. And they were like, okay, I guess Garrus is a romantic option the fans want. Which is, I actually point to as a great thing about Mass Effect that they were like, hey, if this is what you want, we're going to go there. Well, I mean, this is the lesson people need to learn. Like, like so much fandom drives your continued your continued sales. Yeah. Like your initial sales are gonna be one thing, but all your extra merchandise and people buying all the extra shit you're gonna make five or ten years down the line or you know, just having storage, that's gonna be your fandom. Yeah. You know, I mean and it's also part of it's like that's like the supernatural lesson. Like shipping. Shipping sells games. Like BioWare has figured this out. Shipping sells games. I mean I think they've actually figured it out more with Dragon Age, because I was like, with Dragon Age 1, they gave you bisexual characters that you could romance with either gender. Right. I mean, there were only two, one man and one woman, but they were there. Um, But, yeah, I just... It's also interesting to see, like, all these um, Japanese dating sims that are making out now, and people are just buying them by the buttload. And not even, like, not even the ones that are just like, oh, it's basically a titty game, right? These, These are, like, the ones that are just basically soft... Romance. Well, the one that I've seen pop up, it's Pigeon, oh, it's 
pigeon. Yes, I was gonna say. Is it like pigeon, pigeon dating, dating or pigeon? Whatever it is. I don't even understand what is happening. I had it recommended to me by so many people, and they're like, oh yeah, and if you, ro- if you do something with the doctor, he ends up beheading you and like keeping your, like it gets dark in areas apparently, and this is why my friends like it. I sort of want to play it, but so, I'm So just scared. offhand, I also have to mention, um, so because I love anime, and I love mecha shows. The problem is, I found not only are most of the mecha shows like harem anime at this point, mm-hmm. I found out most of like a good portion of the mecha shows that were gang over here like actually turn out to come from basically a porno dating sim. Really? Like, like I'd be like, oh, okay, the mecha designs are cool, and then it's like, okay, we're dealing with harem, and then I'd look up on Wikipedia, and it comes from a porno dating sim, and I'm like, can I just get giant robots? Like, can, can, is that too much to ask? Like, oh god. Um, um, but yeah, I, I guess I'm glad we're getting more women in games. I yeah. just, um, you know, it's been a slow improvement. It's been a really slow improvement, and it's, yeah, it's, it's unhappy at times. Um, <laughs> most of the time. All yeah. of the time. Yeah, and what's frustrating is we have a lot of women game designers, but the problem is they're always getting pushed to, like, the indies. And they're not allowed, when they do, when a game does get developed, like this game we were just talking about, Life is Strange, that has a female protagonist... None of the fucking publishers will pick it up. Right. Like, the fact that all the publishers were basically told them they wanted to change the gender of the main character, I'm like, really? Really we're going to go there? Like, props to you, Square oh, Enix, oh. for saying we don't want any changes, just Real give us quick. a game. Another game that has a pretty awesome female protagonist, Costume Quest. I don't know this. You, oh, okay, it's on the, it's uh, on Xbox, I think it's on PC, it's, uh, they just came out with the second one a while ago, too. It's a goofy, like, 10-hour RPG. Okay. It's built like a JRPG. You're basically playing kids in Halloween, and, like, monster, real monsters show up, and your costumes give you powers. <laughs> and you switch costumes to get different powers. And so it's basically like the Buffy Halloween episode. I'm down with it. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's like, um, like, so I think, like, there's a dude, I think it's, I'm trying to remember the characters, but I remember at least one of the girls is really snarky and awesome. And, like, the costumes are amazing, like, when you dress as Lady Liberty, you take the torch and, like, blow fire over enemies. Like, the cheap cardboard box mecha thing, you turn to this giant mech and start shooting missiles. Oh, It's my like, yes, it's good. I love it. Um, um, so, I, so, so shall we go into Why Must It Be? I felt like we covered a lot of Why Must It Be, but is there a Why Must It Be we should hit right now? Oh, yes, there's a Why Must okay, There's um, always a Why Must It Be. There's always a Why Must It Be. So, so uh, uh, Okay, I feel bad doing this Why Must It Be, because I'm literally only 12 pages into the book. But, but hey, if you're 12 pages in it, it's already there, that's a sign. And I really wish I had brought the book with me. Uh, this is a book that a lot of people have recommended to me, because they know I love a period piece. Mm-hmm. I love I love court intrigue. That's mm-hmm. one of my lit kinks. I love that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people were like, you need to read Serafina by Rachel Hartman, which okay. is a book that a lot of people have liked. Um, the sequel just came out, Shadow Scale. Okay. Um, so, here's a spoiler alert. If you're going to plan to read this book, you know, because there is one spoiler that annoys me that I haven't got to But you're only 12 pages in. Right. So. No, no, no. This is a main spoiler oh, okay. that I know that already sort of annoys me, but I'm waiting to see how they handle it. The main character, it's a country where humans and dragons live in a very uneasy peace. The humans are ruled by a pretty, like, oppressive church. Okay. Um, they're coming up on, like, a treaty re-signing between the dragons and the humans, and the very popular human prince has just been killed 
in the forest. His head is gone. People assume it's a dragon. Okay. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. okay. They haven't gotten to this point yet, but I'm like 100% positive that's where we're going. Seraphina is mixed. Okay. Seraphina has a human father and a dragon mother who's dead. That's what I'm, I'm, I'm okay, already so there. we have a free, fridged mom. We have a fridged mom. Dragons don't have souls. Supposedly. You know, this is their belief. So I'm like, I'm giving you, because it's an oppressive society, I'm giving you this level of, like, not necessarily personal belief, but fucked up societal belief. Right, right. All right. Um, so already I'm feeling a little bit like Magic Mulatto is happening here, and I'm just like, okay. These people, twice as powerful, twice, twice as deadly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I was like, okay, that's what we're doing. But then, ten pages in, so when the book starts, she has joined the court against the wishes of her father as, like, the assistant music person, because she makes beautiful music and plays instruments, blah, 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 blah. Okay. I don't know if it's part of her magic or she's just a music prodigy. Okay. She's playing for the funeral. As she leaves, number one, there's this whole thing about this guy putting his hands on her, which at least she's like, take your hands off of me. He's telling her how there is a troupe of dancers from another country, I think it's called Porphyry, that have mm. arrived for... Basically, this guy brought a troupe of dancers to dance at the funeral. Okay. And we, we know they're people of color because she describes him as having dark brown skin and thin plates in his hair because she can see him from far away. She's okay. not near the older man. Okay. And the young guy's like, he brought this team of Pyrigia or something dancers as if we'd want that at, like, a funeral. And she's like, you know... And she, at least she tries to push back. She's like... And she's acknowledging that the society has a fucked up opinion. Okay. And she's like, Pyrigia is actually a really holy dance in their land. Like, yeah. cut it out. And then his response is, uh, Pyrigia literally translates as bum waggling. So in other words, it's a twerking reference. This is what I'm assuming. That's what it read to me immediately, that it's this troupe of brown women dancers who do this dance called bum waggling. And her pushback was like, obviously, this is a fucked up society. I, I was like, okay. Yes, but that specific remark. That specific remark. And then I was like, am I supposed to read this as him lying? But you didn't give me enough to be like, he's making a racist assumption, or this is actually the translation. But I felt like just the note of him calling it basically savage and her saying it's really holy would have been enough. Yeah. The specific bum-waggling thing... Well, and Doesn't then really add to this. Well, what right? pushed it over the edge is she's like, "Well, you know, send them away. The funeral's already over. Like, I've got to go." And she's dealing with like her own shit. Fine. This man calls out to her, and I can't remember the whole quote. I think I tweeted it. If you want to find it, but it's something like his name is Abdo. I want to say, okay. and he's like, "Little lady, Abdo is coming far to seeing of you." Like yells it out, and I was just like. So are, this is the accent shit you yes. were talking about. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Number one, there's a way to present a character who does not speak the main language that is not a fucked up stereotype of broken English. I've seen it done before. It's been done plenty of times. Even, you can even do broken English in a better way. Yeah. Like, you can do broken English with missing words rather than like alternate prepositions. Or simplified words. Simplified words. Simple sentences. You can do all these things because people are learning the language. But when you do, like, the yelling out of broken English, I'm like, this is specifically calling something that's making me... Like, the only time I'm willing to accept that is, like, usually a short scene where you, where you put two people who don't know each other's language. Yeah. Right? Like, and, and in that case, if they're both presented, like, here's the whole in thing. In which case, they're both giving each other the right. little words that they have. Exactly. And sliding into their own words. Exactly. Like, 
And also, there's just a part of me that, like, these books about, especially in a country that's not oppressive enough that you can't leave, I'm like, why are you staying in this country? Like, you have to hide who you are all the time. You're in danger, like, as a woman, like, when she plays this music beautifully, they're like, um, it was gorgeous music. I've never seen, like, the stare of heaven. She, they don't know she's there. They're like, but isn't it a little unwomanly for someone to play like that? Oh, she must be a foreigner. So, uh, I, and I'm just like, why are you here? Why are you here? So, so there's a game, um, I showed this to you last week. There's a role-playing game that came out, um, which, uh, Circle of Hands, which it has this really interesting take on gender issues, mm-hmm. um, which I think is very real. Um, basically, they're like, yeah, so they have expectations for men and women, but if women do the things that men do, it's not like, oh, you shouldn't do that. You know, they go, oh, okay, you're doing that. That's unusual. Like, yeah. like the example they have is, if a woman shows up with armor and swords, they don't go, oh, what's this silly woman doing with armor and swords? They're like, shit, she must know what she's doing. Right? Like, and they're just like, that's unusual. And so, like, to me, like, there's, and this is reality, is that women can get into some arenas that men are in and not be instantly dismissed. Mm-hmm. They'll be seen as unusual and there'll be a little bit of, like, isn't it strange to see a woman doing this? But they, so like, no, she can play. She can yeah. do whatever, you know, that thing is, right? Exactly. Uh, and it's just like, uh, but I will say on the, so I have a couple, what, preemie reviews, I guess. Okay. Premature, because the books aren't out yet. Okay. Um, but to talk about, and I haven't finished either one, so it's really preemie. Okay. But um, I just started reading this book that's coming out in July by Jessica Day George, called Silver in the Blood. Ooh. Yes. And there aren't people of color. Okay. But it's two sisters from New York. I think it's in the early 20th century, who are going to visit their maternal family in Romania, in Bucharest. Hmm. And it's basically them discovering family secrets. They belong to a family of shapeshifters that are known as the Claw, the Wing, and the Smoke. Okay. And so the first few chapters are just them traveling, and, like, one of them keeps getting accosted by this strange man who's like, you're not the claw. Are you the, are you the wing? And she's like, I don't even know what you're talking about. And I do appreciate that both of them use their parasols as a weapon. Like, eventually she just starts beating him with the parasol. It's like, get the hell away from me. I'm just laughing because I'm sitting there like, I'm the fucking key master. <laughs> are you the gatekeeper or the key master? Um, That's actually going to be kind of interesting if they remake that in the new Ghostbusters as well. I would hope. Um, um, I'm really hoping that they keep all the good snarkiness. Oh, I'm, I'm real. Well, they're they're going to reboot. reboot. And it's also going to be interesting how they reboot and like do, if they're going to keep the characters kind of same. No, they're not. Okay, they're doing an all new scenario. It needs to get shot. It's going to be an all new scenario about two women who've like I think they said it's about two women who've written like a supernatural book and then get coerced into doing like a ghost hunter show. And so it's, like, taking modern, like, go- the uh-huh. fact that there are, like, hundreds of ghost hunter shows, and they actually become the legitimate thing. Okay, because they find real ghosts. Yeah, exactly. Okay, that's actually more interesting. So I'm, like, I'm down with that. But this book has a lot of what I love, strong female characters. They they talk about body type. They talk about insecurity. They talk about boys. But they also are very intensely connected to each other and are best friends in all the ways. Love that. The other book is... And that's coming out in July. Yeah. And the other book is Kate Elliott's uh, Court of Fives. Okay. Which is coming out... You're like my... I think at least one other friend was squeeing about this pretty intense. So it comes out in August. And actually, one of the best compliments I can give it is that I had to pause. 
because the race got so deep and well done. There are certain books by people that when they deal with race, um, it's happened with, I stopped when I was reading Octavia Butler's um, Fledgling, because I was just like getting well, too deep. But, but Octavia will gut punch. Yeah, all the time. Like, all the time. But also, um, what was the other one I stopped? Uh, Lori J. Mark's Water Logic. Okay. Because when, when people get race right, I see it so rarely that I'm like, oh shit. And it can hit you really intensely because you're not used to it. And, and it's also the fact that you kind of have to mentally prep yourself. Like, are you going to do this or are you going to drop the ball? Right. Like, you kind of have to steal yourself. Because you're like, how is this going to go? Well, and the interesting thing is court, in Court of Fives, um, you basically have this country that's been taken over by an empire. The empire are light-skinned, and they're known as Patrons. Okay. Um, and the pe- native people are known as commoners. Okay. So the main character is mixed race. Her father is a Patron warrior. Her mother's a commoner. He has never been allowed to marry her because marriage is illegal. Okay. The fact that he's kept a house, he has four daughters. The fact that he's kept this house is sort of like... A very weird thing. Like, they're basically on a knife's edge. Right. And the main character is sort of like, I have to act like a Patron daughter, but also a commoner, and and I have to do this. Okay. And they have this athletic competition that's the big thing that's called the Mm. Fives, and that's what she wants to do. Anyone can enter. You're masked unless you win. Okay. And so she enters, and she's good. Okay. She's better than everyone else, really. And she lets this guy beat her because her father's there, and she can't let him see that it's her. But even the guy looks at her and is like, no, you let me win. Like, I know that you let me win. And so it's really great, but shit gets deep. Okay. Like, there's... I When you're done, I want for all this. I don't want to spoil it anymore, but, like, some shit happens with her family where I got to that scene and um, specifically when her father gets a new patron and he shows up at the house Mm. that I was just like, holy shit. Holy shit. I see what's happening here. This shit is getting too deep. I have to take a break. It's extremely well done. And like I said, I haven't finished the book yet. And like full disclosure, I consider Kate Elliott a good friend. We talk, all that kind of stuff. Um, but I don't talk about my friends' books if I don't like them. Yeah. I just I just keep silent on yeah. it. I'm just like, I never, yeah, yeah. Right? I've never I never read it. Sorry. So but I've got, I've got a why must it be. Oh Jesus. Um, I'm not so, so the why must it be is a general trend because I don't want to get into details okay. um, on specific folks. So I, I love role playing games, right? Mm-hmm. I love role playing games, um, and a lot of folks are making good games. Yeah, but the role playing game community is hella toxic and fucked up. <sighs> like you know, for all the GamerGate shit, like we had that shit before. Yeah, like we we that shit was rolling for a while. Yeah, we had the shit before that kicked off. Um, and I'm basically down to this very simple thing. I'm like, don't advocate violence against people, don't harass people, and don't promote people who do. That's it. And I get how, like, you know, the reality is there's always going to be people who you promote, and then you find out later they're fucked up. Yeah. You know, that's that's simple, right? Like, P.S. Adam Baldwin. Yeah, you know, it could be a ton of people. You know, it's like, oh, then you found out that they were abusing people, or mm-hmm. you found out that they were... Stealing money from the charity, whatever. Yeah. No blame there. But it's like, after it's known, or if that is what they sell themselves on, mm-hmm. and then you start promoting, you're still promoting them, I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do with you? Like, like, and it's very simple. It's like, don't be a Nazi. And if you openly promote not the guy who is an open Nazi, what am I supposed to do with you? And you basically have just said that I'm supposed to be okay with that. 
Well, and especially, here's the thing. I understand promoting someone that you don't know their beliefs. Like, you promote them because you know them in one aspect, and you're like, I love this person as a game designer. They design amazing games. And Look I mean, there's tons of media, which I am sure I'm going to be like, I love this. And then, like, years later, I found like, oh, my God, are you fucking serious? Right? Yeah. So that's one thing. But once someone has told you, hey, this person is this. Right. You need to take a step back. Right. And it's like, and it's like different. And there's also a pretty big difference between the person just makes problematic material mm-hmm. and the person actively looks to harm people. Yeah. And this is all I'm saying. It's just don't promote them. That's it. You can buy their shit. I don't, you know, I prefer bend, but that's okay. That's your money and your damn life. I prefer you, you bootleg it if possible. But, but when you promote them, you're now taking, you know, you're now, and especially when you are a name, it's like, okay, so now you're using your your credit to push them. And yeah. so I'm just like, I keep finding the amount of folks who I can support in, in role-playing just get smaller and smaller and smaller, and I'm just like, I'm not asking for much. Just don't harass people and don't promote people who harass people. Yeah. That's it. I mean, wanting to see a problematic thing or wanting to play a problematic thing is one thing. My mom taught me a trick that I still do to movies to this day. With When Ender's Game came out, I was like, I, I want to see this. I do want to see this movie because I want to see what they did. I don't want to give them my money. I bought a ticket to a movie that was made by a black person. I was like, I want them to have my money. And, and then I will go into Ender's yeah. Game. There we go. Yeah. I paid for a movie. I saw a movie. I just didn't pay for the movie I saw. Right. So that I could promote someone else. Like, I don't need to promote this. Right. But, but I mean, at you the same that- time, like, even if you just paid for that, I wouldn't be as mad as, like, if you said, this is a great thing, yada, yada. Everyone should watch it. Everyone should ignore his Wilson, homophobia. Wilson Scott Hart is great, but it's like, no, he's no. actively hurting people. Like, more than just his making, you know, horrible shit, it's the fact that he actually pays money to see people's rights taken away. Yeah. Like, that's it. It's like, okay, you've crossed so many lines. Like, Believing something is one thing. You can still, I feel like you can still really like an artist who believes something that's opposite of yours. However, when they are actively putting money into oppressing or you, action. or taking action to oppress you, that's a whole different fucking story. Like, Orson Card can hate gay marriage as much as he wants. That is his right. But when you become the he- like one of the board of now, and you sink your money into it, right. and you sink your time into it, now you are actively trying to take away my rights. And at that point, I don't give a shit about you. Right. And that's that's the thing. Is I just look and I go, why is this hard? And it's like most things where it's like, you know, I understand in a lot of spaces there's politics going on. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, this is not a position where this problematic person has power over you. Yeah. Or like, that you need to... Like, the only need to stay in good terms with them is just, like, don't say shit about them. You're on good terms. There you go. There like, you go. Like, that's they, it. They like, are pl- I've realized there are plenty of people um, who think I'm their friend. And I, I, I'm, I'm friendly to a lot of people. And Well, it's civil. It's like, civil. People, people mistake civil. Like, and people mistake acquaintance for friend. Right. Like, there are definitely friends I make that I see at a con once a year, and I consider them a friend. I talk right. to them on Twitter. Even if I don't talk to them on Twitter, when I see them that once a year, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so glad to see you. Let's hang out. Right. But then there are people who, like, I was on a panel with once, and all of a sudden it's like, no, we're not. We can be civil, but I actually think that you are an asshole in many ways. Well, there's a lot of people who's like, I just don't even know you. I don't even know you. Right? Like, well, uh, well, and also I feel like if you go to a conference, especially a sci-fi fantasy conference, 
as a person of color and you are intelligent and you're talking about race and all that kind of shit, you automatically get a lot of people that glom onto you as like, oh, I'm friends with you, especially if you seem safe. Be for some reason, because my anger comes with humor a lot of the times, a lot of people think I'm safe and I won't like go off on them if they say something fucked up around me or something like that. And I'm like, no, no, that's, that's not what's happening here. I lace my anger with humor so that I don't want to kill myself. Not to entertain you. Right. Like, it's... Pe <sighs> yeah. Promoting people who are have agendas that are oppression and eugenics and fucked up shit. Right, and it, it, you know, this isn't like a giant witch hunt thing, it's just like, can we be in this hobby and not have people attack? It is not... Like, like, yeah, it's yeah. not a witch hunt to number one, say, I'm not going to give you my money. Right. And number two, to advertise your beliefs, because you said your beliefs. And if I let all of my friends know your beliefs, yeah, they're not going to want to go to your movie either. But you said that shit. Right, right. It's like, you were happy to promote it when no one was complaining. Well, this I'll is just continue to promote it. So I'm helping you find your market, which is in us. Which is like, not. Well, Ridley Scott. Yeah. Ridley Scott with that comment about the Egypt, Egypt movie. Yeah. Where he's like, I just can't put someone named Muhammad in it and sell it. And I was like, really? Because, number one, Muhammad is one of the most popular names in the world. Right. So there's more of them named Muhammad than there are Dave. Well, and here's the other thing I'm looking at. I'm like, isn't Hollywood constantly going on about how the international market is where your money's at? Yeah. Like, seriously, are you... Like, what the fuck? There are plenty of movies and plenty of plenty of movies and TV shows that stay on the air and are popular because of the international market. We may hate that movie here, but they loved it somewhere else. And, and I'm just laughing because I'm also like, yeah, so Transformers. Yeah, it had mostly white people, but people were there for the robots, and it went big in China. And it's yeah. Like, I'm like, okay. You, you, you hit a... It was giant mech. You hit a fucking nerve right yeah. there. Same thing with Pacific Rim. It was yeah. like, yeah, this did great because people were like, oh, this is amazing. This is like kaiju and mech fighting. Yeah. And yeah, no, just... But yeah, it's just like, I mean, when the scene is this small and the shit's going on and I look at it and I go, so, you know, if you're going to make it a welcome space for people to be fucked up in, then mm -hmm. you're making it unwelcome for me. And if you're telling me you don't want me around, you also don't want my money. Yeah. There you go. Bottom you line. Know. I'm giving you what you're telling me, so don't complain. <laughs> I just, I don't understand people who believe that freedom of speech entitles them to a platform. I was like, freedom of speech entitles you to say whatever the fuck you want to say. It does not entitle you to have a platform on which to say it. Right, well, I mean, it's like freedom of speech. It's like, okay, your freedom of speech to say that on your, you know, whatever you have. Yeah. You don't get to come on my shit or anyone mm -hmm. else's shit and say it. And likewise... If you say some fucked up shit, someone else gets to complain about it on their platform. Yeah. There you go. That's right? what happens. And especially when you have a gaming community this small. And it's the, I think that what's happening with role-playing games is a lot of what's been happening with science fiction in the last, like, ten years. Yeah. Is that the internet and all this has made so that people of color, women, queer folks, people with disabilities, like, all these different marginalized groups that were completely ignored before now are able to have a voice and to actually voice their, no, this is bullshit. Right. Let me tell you why it's bullshit. <clears throat> and then these white creators, instead of taking that in and being like, oh shit, maybe I should think about my shit, are automatically like, politically correct police, look at you. And it's like, why is, it's not about being politically correct, it's about representing the world I see. Well, I mean, here's part of it, is that it's like, you could, I, you could have people be absent, mm-hmm, when they should be present, 
And that's one level of problem. Yeah. But when you actively use stereotypes, mm-hmm. and this is the thing, in role-playing specifically, people will do, such, do shit like research 14th century France economics <laughs> to make their game better. Yeah. And I'm like, but you don't know what people of color are like? Like, like that was too much research for you? Well, yeah. Yeah. And then it's also like, oh, you had to represent people like this? Like, there was a game, a steampunk game that came out a couple years ago, and the images are literally yellow peril, and uh. which Dr. Magical Negroes <laughs> for the people of color, and like, I'm like, this was only made like three or four years ago, this wasn't like, this, yeah, and it looks identical to the propaganda in the 1800s to justify colonialism and genocide, and I'm like... So, what, why? Why are you doing this? You know, what part of this is fun for you? You know, I mean, it's like, it's like someone coming up with defenses for fucking birth of the nation. Well, what we had to do, no, 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 no. There's all kinds of people making movies that aren't horrid racial propagandist pieces. You could do this in your games, you know, like. I still remember being in a college class and them putting on, I think it was birth of a nation. Um, and. I had seen it, like, twice before in other classes. So I just got up and walked out. Like, I didn't make a big deal of it. I just, like, left. Because I was like, I've seen this twice before. Don't need to see it again. Yeah. I'm just going to leave class and, like, go and do my thing. I swear to God, when I showed up in class the next week, Uh I was, I think, the only person of color in there. Every single person in the class and the teacher came up to me to ask if I was okay and do the whole, like, liberal white guilt thing of, like, oh, if it affects you. And I was like, listen... It's bullshit, yes, but I've seen it twice before. That's why I left. Right. Not because I was going to cry or because of this. It's fucked up, and I've seen it, and I don't need to be subjected to it again. Right. It's like, it's not going to break me, but it's definitely, like, something I'm done with. I've done it enough. Well, on that note, <laughs> on that, we just looked at the time here. We're talking about having done it enough. We have spoken for, like, an hour and a half here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We've talked a lot. So, um, I guess we should end this. Yeah. Um, I did read Castle Waiting. Castle Waiting was fun, but a little slow moving. Um, I have not gotten to Parasite yet. Okay. But I will get to it this week. And it, I will like just, I said, it will probably be like a hot minute. But I will get to it this week and we'll discuss it on the next podcast. Sounds good. Awesome. All right. Catch y'all later. Thanks. Bye. Oh.